thanks, Dan, for those thoughts. Um, Gary, come on up here, and we'll have a prayer. Um, I'll introduce. I'll, I'll let him introduce himself how he wants. But <laughs> couple, couple, couple things I'll tell you a little That's bit. Dangerous. Yeah, couple things I'll tell you a little bit about him. Um, this guy loves to fish, but he doesn't like eating them. How do you? I don't. I don't get that. I do not get that. I'm the opposite. I love to eat them, but I, I could hate. I don't. It's I don't need to fish. It is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Also, you probably don't want to mess with this guy because uh, he's probably got a badge in his wallet. <laughs> so um, there's that. Um, don't want to take him on because he has taken down younger guys than him. So don't want to get involved with him too much. But anyway, love this guy. Um, in Revelations in the King James, it says, And they, meaning the God's children, overcame him, meaning Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and loved not their lives unto death. And so tonight we're going to do some overcoming because you're going to hear a testimony. And uh, let's pray, Gary. Yes, sir. Lord, we just ask that you would be with my brother. Just give him clarity of mind and words to speak. And, Lord, help us to apply things that we learn to our lives as we hear how you work in our lives. Just be with us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate it. I have learned now after sharing this story time after time after time to thousands of people to just get a hanky out. So you, you might want one too. There's parts of this that are still very hard to talk about, but God did such a miracle, I have to talk about it. Does that make sense to y'all? I, I cannot be quiet about the things of the Lord. And this miracle you're about to hear about in just a moment, I trust tonight when you leave, more than ever, you'll say our God still does miracles. He is the same yesterday, say it with me, today, and forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. God is not changing. And so if you're not close to the Lord tonight, it's not God's fault. Can I say that one more time? If there's a problem with your relationship with God himself, it isn't that the Lord has moved or he has changed. It's because of ourselves. And so we'll talk about that. But there's something else I wanna start with tonight. Just a couple things, and then I want to get in to talking about the reason we're here. When you walked in, you saw three TV cameras, and you saw a poster back there, and you're saying, what in the world is going on at our church? Well, even our church doesn't know what's going on, because this is kind of a reveal party tonight. I was approached several months ago by a veteran broadcaster. He happens to be right back there. You've probably seen him on TV, Mr. Craig Wallen. Everybody turn around and say, hi, Craig. He loves that. There you go. And Gary Martin, who you're not seeing right now because he is in our production trailer right outside this door where all these cables lead to. He's got about 20 screens in there. And as I share the story tonight, he's producing a TV show. So you, all, you, every one of you, are part, you were chosen, you didn't even know it till right now. 
with this being local, we're from Middlebury, and you guys right here are neighbors, we decided to produce our TV show up here tonight. Now, here's the rule about that. Don't let these cameras intimidate you, and the only reason they will do a close-up of you is if you fall asleep. Okay, that's the deal. If you fall asleep in about June, watch Channel 57, and you'll see yourself sleeping while a very entertaining, attractive pastor is preaching. But as they approached me, they said, we really would like you to do an outdoor show with an emphasis on Christ. And I said, well, there's two things I love. Well, I better include my wife in this, although she really wanted to be here, but her plane left for Florida, so she had to go. I just want you to know that. Um, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I love my wife and family. I love our church, and I love the outdoors. And so we thought about it, and my wife and I talked, and I said, I'd love to host an outdoor show on TV, and then we will make a high emphasis on Jesus Christ. And so tonight, Craig is here in the back with our table set up, and we just quickly want to mention this. As we're starting this show off, and it'll be, we'll start about in June, right, Brother Craig? We'll get, it'll be on the air in June here locally, and then we'll see what, what to do from there. But if you are a business or an individual and you say there's enough trash on TV, I want to support a wholesome show with family and with friends about the outdoors, and we're going to close every show by reading the Bible and have a devotional. If that's something you would like to support, you see Craig afterwards and he'll get you information on that. That's all we're gonna say about that tonight. That's what the little table is out there about. So you all can say in June when this is broadcast, hey, I was there and I didn't fall asleep because you didn't see a close-up of me. So I want you to tap your neighbor real quick and say, don't you fall asleep. <laughs> all right. We got that good now. Now here's what I would seriously like you to do. I'd like you to welcome my son. He's on our second camera back there. It's hot right now. You see that red light? That means they're filming on that camera right now. Would everybody do me a favor and say, hi, Josh, then I'll tell you why. He can't hear you. He's got his phones on. He, has to, he doesn't know what's happening. He's just listening to Gary Martin give him orders. But the reason I had you say hi to Josh, because he was one of the people with me that night on the story you're about to hear. He was really, if there was a hero of the night other than God, it was my son. And so you'll hear about him in this story. But right now, here's what I want us to do. Forget about the TV show. Forget about the cameras being on and all that's happening in our production trailer and everything that's taking place. Because the only thing that's important tonight is to hear that God does miracles. Amen? So don't let the cameras bother you. Don't think about, is my hair right? I might be on TV later. My hair is perfect. I want you all to know that. I did this just for you all. So... Hope you appreciate all the hours I put into my hair this afternoon. Is my makeup good, Laverne? <laughs> Looks like last time. Okay, we're good. Forget about it all. We're in God's house to worship him. 
And a way we worship him is through sharing a testimony. So tonight is not a sermon, although I preach a lot of sermons. Tonight is my testimony of God. An amazing thing that he did for me and my family. And I hope when you leave, you'll say, I heard it, and it still sounds unbelievable. I was sharing with somebody in the back before we came in to get ready to speak, and I said, I lived it. And there's still times to me this story just, it's amazing. Even though it's my story, it's absolutely incredible. But I have a question for you. Whenever I share this story, I always start with this question because I like an honest congregation. So if you do know, you can tell us. But I usually have a number one answer to this question. Here's my question. On April 21st, 2017, at 1 a.m. in the morning, what were you doing? Thank you. You guys are just like the other thousands of people I've shared this with. We got a bunch of lazy people around, I'll tell you that. Everybody's sleeping at 1 a.m. Obviously, you don't know anything about walleye fishing. Because if you knew anything about walleye fishing in April, you would not be asleep at 1 in the morning. You would be in a boat. Just don't repeat what happened to us. Promise me that tonight. So it's April 21st, 2017, and at 1 a.m. is when tragedy struck our boat. But I need to read you a Bible story because we're going to go back a couple thousand years, and then we're going to go back only five years ago, and you're going to see that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I'm going to absolutely prove that to you tonight. If you have your Bibles, I'd appreciate it if you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8 and then verse 23. And however you read your Bible on your iPhone, your iPad, in print, just take a moment and turn with me there. And as I read, I want you to just follow along because we're really going to make this story stand out tonight. It's a story about the disciples and Jesus. How many of you grew up in a church somewhere? My father was a pastor in the Nazarene church 55 years. I can tell you a fact. I was in church nine months before I was ever born. I have always been in church. In our house, maybe like yours, going to church was not an option. How many of you were raised like that? I would have never thought to say to my parents, Hey, do I, do I have to keep going to church? I know what my father's answer would have been, and it wouldn't have been nice. <laughs> you went to church. And I, I want to tell you something, parents. Complete side note of the story. Make your kids go to church. It's okay. They, they won't regret it when they're older, I promise. Raise your kids in church. Well, the disciples sometimes acted like kids, didn't they, even though they were adults, their faith wavered. They fell flat on their face. Now everybody smile at me and look up here. They were just like you and I. Absolutely no different than how you and I would be. So the story begins in verse uh, 23 here. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. 
But Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him. Now I want to, I just want to read that one more time because this becomes a big part of my testimony tonight. So listen to what happened. The disciples went and woke him. And then they said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. That was a fierce storm, wasn't it? If you put yourself into this passage of scripture. Now, I don't know what I would expect Jesus to say here. I think I would expect, Gary, a little compassion maybe. But Jesus cuts to the heart. Remember that. Jesus is worried about where you stand with the Father. And so, without a bunch of compassion, here's what he fires back at them. He says, oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? To me, Pastor Randy, that's a shocking answer. I would expect Jesus to say, hey, just hold on, I'll I'll take care of this. But he directs right to them, and I believe in the middle of that dark storm, looks right in their eyes and says, what is wrong with your faith? The Son of God is right here on the boat with you. Do you really think you're going to drown? I'm going to take care of you. If y'all got that, say amen. Then he got up. He rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And this is interesting to me because these are the disciples. They've seen Jesus do a million things. But sometimes, now I'm not saying anybody here tonight, but in other churches around this church, there are people who are a little slower than you and I. They don't learn things quite as quick as the congregation here does. Well, these guys still didn't quite understand that they were with Jesus the Christ. The men were amazed. And then they ask each other, what kind of a man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Let's pray. Father, your scripture is incredible. This story is amazing. We just never dreamed five years ago we would live this story out. So bless all of us, the speaker and those who hear this message tonight. Settle down upon our hearts that we can understand that you have not changed. You desire to do miracles in all of our lives. Bless us this evening, all of us together. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Thank you for praying with me. It started out what we call in our family the Father's Day fishing trip. Now, I know Father's Day is not in April, but in Lake Erie, that is one of the best times of the year to catch giant walleye. Now, I want to tell you how giant these walleye are. My son back there on the camera, Josh, him and I have done this trip several times, and We've gone home before with our limit when the smallest walleye in our boat was nine and a half pounds. I'm not kidding. This is a time of year when we catch wall hangers, as we refer to them as, giant walleye, giant walleye. And so we started calling this a Father's Day trip because this is my middle son, Josh, and he started doing something very nice for his dear old dad. We would go on this trip and he would pay for everything. When you got a kid who says, I'll pay for everything, go on the trip. (laughs) Remember, it's these people in the other churches that are slower than you. You all got that. 
go on the trip. Anytime your kid's going to give you money, do it. We could just stop church right now and say, we learned something tonight. That was a great sermon. God bless you, brother. Let's eat. <laughs> Let my kid pay for it. There we go. So we called it our Father's Day fishing trip, and we would leave about 6 o'clock in the evening, head to Lake Erie, get there just about dark, when all the other fishermen were going in to do what you all did that night, go to sleep, we headed out into Lake Erie. We did this several times. I've been fishing Lake Erie since 1988. I felt like as a boat captain, I knew the lake very well. I, I am not intimidated by Lake Erie, but I understand it claims a lot of lives every year. Lake Erie got its name because it's a very shallow lake, and as a west wind blows, the waves build up very quickly over those little reefs we fish, and there's places we fish only four feet deep, five miles away from shore. We're, when we fish, we're right next to the Canadian border, five, six, seven, eight, sometimes 12 miles out. And so... I want you to picture this, and for some of you, and if my wife was here, her name is Kim, she would be right there shaking her head, yes, she will never do. She loves to fish. She will never do the Lake Erie fishing trip with the boys and I. She cannot stand being on Lake Erie in the dark, but it's actually a beautiful thing, and I want to describe it a little bit. When we're five or six or eight miles out on Lake Erie, there's generally just a very few other boats on that whole west end of the lake. And as you look north, you can see the lights of Detroit up the Detroit River. And then you look over and you see Toledo. And then you see Port Clinton. And then you see lights on the islands. And when the stars are out, it really is about the most beautiful place on earth you can fish at night. It's absolutely incredible. And so that night as we got on the toll road at the Middlebury exit and began to drive over towards Port Clinton, Ohio, we knew there were storms in the area and we have radars now and even on our boat we can watch the weather and so we're very safe in that way. We knew there would be hit and miss storms and actually we drove all the way to Lake Erie and pouring down rain and lightning but we kept watching the radar and knew that was going to pass. Then we would have three, four, five hours of clear to get all of our walleye and get out of there. Sounds like a good plan, right? Well, stick with me. Sometimes plans fail. And so we launched our boat, and it's about, I want to say it's about 8 o'clock. It's getting pretty dark. Other fishermen are coming in, and we're going out. And we get out into the lake, and there's two to three foot waves, and any of you fish Lake Erie, do I have any, anybody? Okay, thank you, thank you. Two to three foot waves on Lake Erie are exactly what you want. Now, if you just live on a lake, you say, man, that sounds stormy. It's not. That is perfect weather for walleye fishing. It's what we pray for every trip to Lake Erie. You want two to three foot waves. We fish bigger as long as there's swells, and we're fine out there. Well, they were about two to three feet. It was absolutely perfect. We started where we like to on some reefs, caught a few fish, and then the impossible thing that made me angry, now remember this, I was angry, because it's kind of a funny part of the story. 
All the stars came out. All the storms went past. There's another storm way to the west that'll come hours later. But in the middle of the storms, the wind stopped and the lake went calm. Matter of fact, it went so calm that the walleye would not bite. Walleye do not like any kind of light in the water. They like a nice chop. You guys at walleye fish, what do they call it? The walleye chop. You need a little bit of waves. It got so flat, and I just started complaining. I said, we came over here for a little storm, so there would be enough waves. We'd catch a lot of fish really quick. And then God said, surprise, I'm going to speak to it all, and it's going to be calm for a while. And so reluctantly, I went to the front of our boat, put the trolling motor down, and we began to troll for walleye. And some of you will think this is funny, we started catching catfish in the middle of Lake Erie like I could have supplied a restaurant chain. <laughs> now, I will give Josh some credit. Josh said, Dad, this is awesome. We are catching so many fish. I said, yes, they're not walleye. <laughs> we came here for a real fish, not a stupid catfish. <laughs> and I decided my mother, who would pass away just months after this, she had cancer, and she loved catfish, absolutely loved catfish. I said, all right, if God's given us catfish tonight, then we're going to keep catfish. So we started filling up our live wells with big, these were big, nice catfish, and I'm in the front of the boat getting a little grumpy. Anybody else get a little grumpy? Some, it's, hey, you're in church now, come on. God's watching. Thank you. Boy, the hand, oh, God's watching. That's right. Boy, oh, boy. Pastor, got your work cut out for you with this congregation. We could see the lightning coming. We could, you can feel it before a storm. It had been calm for a little while. And so I decided, and my wife laughs at this, I decided for once in my life, I would act like an adult. <laughs> now, men, can I talk just to men for a minute? Gentlemen, it is very hard to act like an adult when you're a man. <laughs> Don't laugh. Say, amen, good preaching. You guys are missing all your cues here. Let's try that again. Gentlemen, when you're doing something fun and no one's watching, and the eyes of your spouse is not on you, it's hard to act like an adult. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you so much. We will make sure that's on the TV show. I promise you that. But I decided, because we had caught a whole bunch of catfish, and I knew my mother would be so happy if I brought those home and filleted them for her, and we could see the storm coming and we're watching the radar and said, we got a little time here. Let's move in closer to shore. We'll try walleye fishing a little bit and then let's get out of here before the next storm hits. And so we repositioned our boat and now we're about two miles offshore. I know that sounds like a long ways, but on Lake Erie, that's pretty close to shore. It's about, the water's about 10 feet deep and my fish finder lit up. We had found a school of walleye. That whole idea of acting like a mature adult, 
You're already way ahead of me, aren't y'all? When your fish finder lights up and those fish are right suspended off the bottom, those are not catfish. And I said, Josh, and then our friend Dave was with us too. I said, we were not that far away from the truck and trailer. Let's try this for a little bit. And so we started fishing and didn't catch a lot, but the ones we caught were decent-sized walleye. And you know how it is in the dark. Then you start hearing the thunder. You know how you can see the lightning for a while, but then finally the thunder catches up and we could hear it. And it was my friend Dave who looked at me and he said, Sheets, I don't like what these waves are doing. They weren't very big, but they were doing what's called stacking up. As they were hitting the front of our boat, it was just one after the other. And I said, I noticed that too, and Josh agreed. He said, why don't we just go in, Dad? We've caught plenty of fish. The waves are stacking up. Let's not take any chances. And I said, fine. And at this part of the story, it sounds like, hey, you guys did everything right, and we really did. We were about a mile and a half to two miles from our truck and trailer. We could actually see the lights of the channel, um, the, the green and red light of the channel where we would go to, and of course had it on our Lowrance systems in the dark so we can see in the dark through GPS. Some of you understand that. As I turned to go and we started to head in, we're estimating the first wave to be about 10 feet tall. Could not see it, had no idea that Lake Erie was producing rogue waves. Now, have any of you watched Deadliest Catch? Do you have any Deadliest Catch fans? You hear them talk about rogue waves on the Bering Sea. I have been on the Bering Sea, by the way, in 13-foot waves. That's not bad on the Bering Sea. But on the Bering Sea, they build up to 50 and 60 feet, and then they highlight that on the TV show when the front end of those giant 100-foot boats come all the way down and disappear. A phenomenon started happening on Lake Erie not too many years ago. Lake Erie, because of its depth and the warmth of the water and wind and all kinds of factors, I'm not a scientist. It started making rogue waves, so much so that now there are professional drone photographers who go to Lake Erie just to get pictures of fresh water, these giant waves. You can Google these pictures. Rogue waves, Lake Erie, you can Google them and see how massive they are. I had never experienced those in all the years I fished. The first wave hit our boat, and it was on my side, and we actually laughed, and let me tell you why. Because we're not mature. No, let me, tell you, <laughs> let me tell you the real reason we laughed. The wave broke over the front of the boat and Josh was sitting right next to me on the port side. It broke over Josh and my friend who was in the back of the boat, all 10 feet of that wave went right down him. And it was hilarious. He deserved it. It was funny. And he is just drenched from head to toe in the dark. And then this becomes very important. The water was 43 degrees. Please, please don't forget this. This is very early April. The water's only 43 degrees. 
and he is yelling at me, telling me I'm a bad captain. Why did you hit that wave? It should have got you wet. Why did it soak me? And we were just kind of having fun laughing, and we're not far from the boat and trailer, a mile, mile and a half away. What happened next? We never dreamed in a million years. Behind that first rogue wave was another one even taller. When it hit our boat, the entire bottom of my boat, even with bilge pumps, was just filled. Our, our StarCraft boat, completely filled with water. I immediately tried to just give that mercury motor all it had to force the water to the back where my two pumps are, hoping it would pump us out, but it was way too much water. It was way too late. I do remember I turned the motor off. I looked at Josh and Dave, and I said, we're sinking and then came this old thing somebody made up that I don't like. You ever heard the captain goes down with the ship? Whoever said that, I'd like to slap them. I don't like that rule. As a captain, that's not the rule on my boat. My rule is every man for himself. And the captain doesn't have to be the last one to go down. It did so happen that they both dove off into 43-degree water, and then once I shut the motor off and we were not going forward in any way, the front of the boat took a nosedive, flipped completely over, and I was trapped underneath. So now, in an instant, we lost all communication. We lost every light we had, and now we're in total darkness. I, I pause here because I want you to understand the, the gravity of this situation. Nobody knows where we're at. Nobody. God did. You'll find that out. No human knew where we were. Nobody can see us. And I am trapped under a boat and drowning. As Laverne mentioned, I've been a police officer for 23 years. There's a thing called fight or flight syndrome when you're put in a bad situation. You all familiar with that? My friend Brian here was a police officer for a long time. We are natural fighters. Um, we've both been in bad situations, had to fight our way out. And so there was really nowhere to flee to. <laughs> and so I had to decide to fight under my boat with my legs trapped under the steering wheel in the dash. And so I grabbed that steering wheel with all my might. And I just remember saying to myself, Gary Sheets, you're not going to die on Lake Erie tonight. And with every ounce of adrenaline in me, I shoved as hard as I could. And the, when I popped up, I made it. And now I'm kind of just floating around and now building waves. You remember that storm we knew we would outrun, be on the truck and gone? Our plan got ruined by two rogue waves. The waves are now building. It's starting to sprinkle. And all I hear all I hear is my son Josh yelling for me because he couldn't see me. Dave and him had found their way. Our boat was now upside down. But boats are made to never sink, modern boats. So the boat did what it was supposed to. It went upside down, 
had about this much sticking out of the water, including the motor in the back. I heard Josh, and I screamed at him, I'm right here, and he said, Dad, get to the boat. Well, as you can see, just by looking, I'm obviously an Olympic swimmer. <laughs> you didn't doubt that a bit, did you? Our family loves water. We're all great swimmers, so believe it or not, swimming was not the issue that night. So I swam to the boat as it was drifting away from me and, and heading out, being pushed west and to the north. Now, that's important because where we were drifting was the middle of Lake Erie where there would be no help. Y'all got that. If you got that, would you just say we got it? So the wind is now blowing, the storm is upon us, and I am getting to know my boat motor like never before because I'm holding on to that baby for dear life. I'm holding on to the boat motor almost fully submerged in 43-degree water. My friend David managed to get on the middle of the boat. My son Josh ended up looking like a rodeo star he grabbed the front rope, that we, uh, a mooring rope that we keep on our boat. He grabbed that and was holding on. And in a minute, we celebrate. I'm on the boat holding on, although submerged, but I'm not going to let go. Dave is laying in the middle. And then my son Josh is on the front. We made it to the boat and we're all safe. Doesn't that sound awesome? The problem is we're in 43-degree water in the middle of Lake Erie and nobody knows we're out there and we're drifting towards Canada with not another boat in sight. And this is what all happened at 1 a.m. exactly. This happened exactly at 1 a.m. So our celebration quickly ended because even though we didn't say it to each other, we were all thinking, now what? Now, I will be honest with you, and my son is here, and I, I think this is absolutely his story too. I don't think any of the three of us believed we were going to die. We didn't understand the situation. We didn't feel how cold the water was. There's too much adrenaline. And so I think we just thought we need to do something, but we're a mile and a half away from shore, now the waves are five feet, and every wave that came to our boat because I was facing west, it just pounded the back of my head, and that ice water went right in both ears. The other, to make it just more fun, when I was flipped upside down, my glasses fell off, and without my glasses, I can't see more than 10 feet in front of me. And so I could not see anything except for lights here and there. But I knew this. I heard my son talking to somebody. And I thought, either he's got an imaginary friend on this boat and he's hallucinating, but I think he's talking to somebody on his phone. Sure enough, his iPhone worked. And I hear Josh, and please understand, my ears are full of ice water, but I hear him saying, I'm with my dad and his friend. We're out in the middle of Lake Erie. Our boat is capsized. We need help. He had got a hold of 911 Ottawa County, Ohio, dispatch center. 
That in itself was a miracle that his phone worked. Now the problem was his phone was full of water and so they couldn't hear us well, but enough to know that there's three guys who only have about 20 minutes or they're gonna die. Here's what I wanna tell you. I know we have some firemen here tonight and first responders. If you are in 43 degree water for more than 20 minutes, your heart will stop. That's another part of the miracle tonight. Are you all with me? If you are in 43 degree water for more than 20 minutes, your heart, your, your temperature, your core temperature drops so far, your organs shut down, your heart stops, they knew on that call that they had 20 minutes to rescue us. And by the way, that never happened. I'm just gonna jump to the end of the story so you know the timing. We did not get off the water for an hour and a half. God was at work even inside our bodies healing us. And so time goes by and the dispatchers doing what dispatchers do their best there were three of them involved because it was so stressful. They started changing out every 20 to 25 minutes because the dispatcher could not handle our distress. Hearing me yelling and Josh trying to scream at them and get them to hear our location. And so three dispatchers, and they said, listen, guys, we're sending help. Just hold on to that boat. Don't let go. Help is coming. Every time Josh said help is coming, we were so cold, we were dreaming up. We were hearing boats. I'm going to be very honest with you. I was convinced I heard a boat right by our boat. It was never there. And then they would say, hold on, we're getting, a, and we're getting the Coast Guard involved and we're gonna get you out of there. You guys just hold on. Tell your dad to hold on back there and you guys hold on, we're gonna get to you. And then this part of the story, I have to pause and be very respectful. I want you to know as a pastor, I have served every branch of our military in preaching funerals. I love our military people. I love our troops. I support them. I have preached so many funerals as the military has called me to do it. But that night, there was a disagreement between the commanders and the Coast Guard. You see, there's a group of Coast Guard on an island just off of Toledo, and then there's another group of Coast Guard out of the Detroit-Toledo area. And so there's two areas that the Coast Guard guards on Lake Erie, and where we were floating was right in the middle of their jurisdiction lines. And so as dispatch is talking to the Coast Guard, they were going back and forth on who should do the rescue. The problem with that was we didn't have time for an argument. Bring you up to speed. Ladies, you're gonna love this part, I promise. The first two dispatchers were men and they didn't get too far. Don't say amen yet, ladies, hold on. You'll have your chance. <laughs> Finally, a very veteran dispatcher who happened to be a female, she took over the call. And after she talked to the Coast Guard people, things began to happen. So ladies, you can say hallelujah right there. <laughs> We finally got a woman in charge to get something done. So we're floating. 
We're now drifting out. We're not getting any closer to help. I pointed out in the scripture in verse 20, is it verse 25? The disciples went and woke Jesus up. Y'all got that? Say amen. It's interesting to me what God did in this moment. It's an unbelievable experience. God spoke to me like, as I am talking to you, if you were to talk back, I heard the voice of God. Now, whatever your image is of the voice of God, I always thought of it as a strong grandfather voice, full of wisdom and grace and love. Don't we often think of God's voice like that? God came to me, and this this is exactly what God said to me. Hey, preacher man, you gonna pray? Want that sink in for a minute? We had just started our brand new church in Middlebury that I loved to pastor. Everything in our life, people were coming to the Lord. We were his minister. Our family is full of ministers. But I never thought to pray. You know what happened that night? We put a whole lot of trust in what we could see. And you know what I could see was that iPhone. I could see that. So God comes to me as a pastor, and I believe he did not come to me as Gary Sheets. He came to me as Pastor Gary, and he said, are you going to pray or what? And so it's a cool thing, although they're destroyed now. I had called, and I had gotten the two CDs of this entire hour and a half from Ottawa County Sheriff's Department. I listened to them once, my wife and I, said, I can never do it again. And then my son Josh listened to him. And to this day, I don't know what he did with those, but they're gone. Please understand, living it and then listening to it again is about more than we could take. But I bring that up to tell you this point. On that CD, you hear my son tell that lady dispatcher, Can you hold on a minute? My dad said we're going to pray together. Now, I want to tell you something. I'm not smart. My wife is on a jet flying to Florida right now, and she just said amen. I'm telling you. She doesn't even know, but this is about the time in the story She gives a loud amen to the whole church. I'm not smart. I don't know a lot of big words. I didn't use any big words. You want to know what my prayer was? Lord, don't let my son die. I didn't say to save me. Poor Dave, I didn't even pray for him. That's why he doesn't come to these. (laughs) see God doesn't care about big words God doesn't time you on how long is your prayer 
When you come to God as his child and you're desperate, he just wants you to ask him something. We have not because. Whew, why couldn't you all have been there to teach me that? All you smart people. So we paused. Josh paused the 911 call because we had a far greater call to make. And hanging on the back of that motor and now six foot waves. I looked up the best I could. I just remember those, that water was so cold and slapping my beautiful bald head. I just said, Lord, we're in trouble. I have one request. Don't let my son die out here. Just so you know, he made it. He's the one on the camera. <laughs> you were all in suspense there for a minute, weren't you? <laughs> Josh gets back on the phone. Talking to dispatch. An incredible thing began to happen. And I, even without my glasses, I could see all the first responder, the red lights, the blue lights. I knew things were happening. Down about two miles on the beach is another huge marina. And just to the west of that's a bunch of vacation houses on a little bitty road. Now, this is April, so none of the smart people are on Lake Erie in April. All the houses are empty. So literally, Ottawa County Sheriff sends everybody they can find to be part of this night. There were fire trucks, there were five ambulances, there were more police than I've ever seen. The DNR was there, lights everywhere, and we could see them from shore, but we're drifting away. We're heading towards Canada, we're drifting out. All of those people could not help us. Now that it's way too rough out there. No, even a rescue boat would not be willing to come out now in those waves. I just prayed. It's my time to go, Lord. I guess I'll see you in a minute, but don't take my son. He's got a full life ahead of him. Spare his life. And we're floating, and he's talking to the dispatcher still, and an amazing thing happens. They said, Josh, is there any way you could turn your cell phone flashlight on the lady asked him he goes well I'll try she goes if you can do you see all the fire trucks and and by then they had used their tower I don't know a huge tower truck how tall would that be Gary 100 feet huge tower they had put big floodlights were on that tower and when they raised it we could see that tower truck really good even from as far out as we were and so she asked Josh, can you turn your light on? And somehow he managed with his frozen hands to get that flashlight turned on. And he turned it towards them. And here's the importance of Jesus being the light in the darkness. They immediately, on the radio, one of the firefighters says, we see them. 
Almost two miles out and drifting away, they saw the light from an iPhone. Now, I have a question. This is more of the pastor side of me. Some days your, your light may not feel like it's shining very bright, but people can see. You say amen right there? So they can see us, and with his phone, the Coast Guard actually was tracking us and knew we were drifting out. And then the most beautiful words I've ever heard my son say in his life, he goes, Dad, something just happened. I said, what? Got 43 degree water in my ear. I said, what? He goes, look, something happened. As soon as you prayed, the wind just changed. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, dad, the wind just changed. Look at the first responders. We're getting close to them. I want to step down here and I want to show you something. If there's anything, Pastor Randy, remember the first time you saw this? This is the GPS coordinates off of our boat. This, this Lorance broke, it never works anymore. I thank God for the pictures I got off of it. I know this is hard for you to see, and during our fellowship time, if you'd like to see this closer, please come to me. It's a joy to share it with you. I want to tell you something tonight. I have GPS proof of the existence of God. Right here is where our accident happened. That's about two miles offshore. Right here is the last time my GPS worked. You can see a line we were drifting towards Canada. But if you look really close, you'll see there's one blip that shows us turning back towards shore. That is where I prayed. Give God a hand. That picture... I guess it shouldn't surprise any of us. That picture has led people to know Jesus. People look at that and just stare at it and say, that is the most unbelievable thing I have ever seen. So my son, well, let's go back to the lady dispatcher. She is chewing out the Coast Guard, and so Toledo, Detroit Toledo Coast Guard, they tell her, we're warming up the helo. We'll come basket rescue them. Now, when I heard that, and when Josh said we're going for a helicopter ride, I immediately became the non-mature adult again and said, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Can somebody videotape this? Because this is going to be cool. So we're going to be baskets like on Deadliest Catch. I get to go in a basket up to the helicopter. This is going to be so cool. And then Josh says, Dad, hold on, look. Look how close we're getting to shore. The wind, at the end of that prayer, 
God changed that wind completely from the west blowing out to the north to now blowing from the west and blowing straight south. The lady canceled the helicopter and here were her exact words. I don't know what just happened, but that boat is blowing straight to my guys. Now, I've never been happy about breaking a windshield out of any boat. I've done it before and I'm never happy about it. But all at once, I start feeling the bottom of Lake Erie and then I heard, oh. The whole windshield broke off the bottom of my boat. We floated a little further. Would any of you like to guess where God put us? Right in front of all five ambulances, our boat blew right to them. Give God a hand. This story just has layer after layer of God all over it, doesn't it? Well, then came an interesting part I think you'll find pretty humorous because I do to this day. My son, five years ago, just like he is now, he's a big boy, he's solid, he's strong. We, we finally come to rest in about two feet of water and here comes all the EMTs and Josh says, I don't need any help, I'll walk up there with you and he walks up there. Now, this part is not humorous, but my friend was almost gone. A couple more minutes in that water, and he, his body temperature was into the 60s. He hadn't talked to us for some time. We, we knew he was dying. I wasn't doing real good, but my son just walked to the ambulance So, I'm going to walk to the ambulance. <laughs> Not going to let my little punk son outdo me. And so they came out to get me, these EMTs. I said, my son made it. Yeah, he's in the ambulance. I said, I'm fine, I'll go. And I was for 10 steps. I got down into the water. I walked and walked. And I am not kidding you, the minute I knew I was on that sandy beach of that rental house, my body said, you're old and we're done. I face-planted. This had to be funny to watch. It really did. I face-planted right onto that sandy beach, and if I sneeze to this day, Lake Erie still comes out of me. That's how much sand went up my nose. My EMT, we each had our own EMT. We had five ambulances, but they wanted to keep us together. They had a brand new Freightliner ambulance. This thing was humongous. And so they got Dave off of our boat and they put him in the middle and Josh and I seated on the sides. And my EMT happened to be the lady that owned the marina where we launch our boat from. And she carried all these hot blankets in, and you'll appreciate this. She goes, we're about to get to know each other. <laughs> it's exactly what you're thinking. All the wet clothes off, all the hot blankets on. 
And so we all wrapped up. We went all the way around Lake Erie. We had an Ohio State trooper who led the ambulance to get us to the trauma center in Toledo, Ohio. When we got in the trauma center, they separated us. We were in three rooms side by side. We knew Dave was in very bad shape. I thought Josh was okay. My body temperature was about 79. And so they begin to heat up saline. I didn't know you, we have some nurses here tonight. I didn't know you all could heat saline. But they dumped a full bag in fast and I begin to warm up. They dumped another one and I'm hot-blooded, by the way. I don't like heat. Then they, then they put up the third bag and I looked at that nurse and I, and I can keep a sense of humor and tragedy. I looked at that nurse and I said, Miss, I'm gonna tell you something. If you put that bag in me, I'm gonna get back in Lake Erie. And she said, <laughs> and she said, I take it, you're hot. I said, I'm hot. She goes, all right, we'll stop with you. <laughs> the chaplain of the hospital came in. He goes, I wanna help you, brother. He goes, is there anybody I can call? And I said, what time is it? I had no idea. I, I had no idea. He said, it's 4.30 a.m. I said, what? I mean, in my mind, it was, you know, like 11 at night. I was in such shock. I said, well, you can try to call my wife, but you'll never wake her up. I said, I can shoot groundhogs out our window and she doesn't wake up. My wife sleeps hard. She answered on the first ring, do you want to? Now, when you all meet my wife, remind her of this. You know why she woke up at 4.30 on the first ring of the cell phone? She thought it was a telemarketer and she was going to tell them off. <laughs> she saw this Ohio number and said, I'm going to teach them a lesson. Don't you ever call me at 4.30 in the morning. So very angrily, she goes, hello. And I want to tell you, I've been a police chaplain for years and years. That guy at the hospital did not do what he's trained to do because here's what he did. He said, um, your husband and your son, there, there's been an accident. Your husband's okay. Well, here he is. <laughs> That's a guy I'm going to slap before Jesus comes back. I'm going to go find him and say, listen, I'm gonna, you forgot your training. You're supposed to talk to the wife. Well, she heard him say that I was okay. She lost it. She is screaming on the phone, you tell me where Josh is. I said, dear, he's fine. She goes, what happened? And I told her the story. The day before, she had had an emergency gallbladder surgery. So she could not drive over. So Dave's wife and my other son, Matt, they came over to help us out. In the middle of all this, laying in that hospital bed, I kept checking on Dave. They said he's in rough shape. But now he's talking. Now he's moving his hands. Now, now, now. Several hours later, they moved him to another room, and he ended up going home with us that night. God, God Give God a hand. 
I promise you, I know this is a long story to tell, and thank you for being so attentive. We're almost done. But this last part is so important. They released Josh and I from the hospital, and now we have to recover our boat. Believe it or not, you can't leave a boat in Lake Erie, even if it's wrecked. And so we hired Tow, their professional towing company, And we went down to that exact spot and now the sun is coming up and we can see it all too clear, if that makes sense. And there sat five tanks of scuba dive air. Five five different sets, 10 tanks. And as I walked up there, a DNR officer the same age as me, I've not always had good experience with DNR officers. And I've never, truth is right, and I've never had one hug me before. But this DNR officer, the man in green, walks up to me. He puts his arm around me, and he's nearly crying, and he goes, I know you don't know me, but I've been on this call all night. And my son is the same age as your son, and I'm the same age as you. And he goes, this was about all I could bear to watch. And dumb me, not being the smart guy, said, hey, what are all the tanks for? And he paused. He goes, well, I'm a recovery specialist. Now, I'm a police officer, and he didn't have to say any more, but he did. He said, the reason that we are here is because we were told that there would be three bodies, and we need to recover them quickly for the family back home. Now, you want to talk about a punch in the gut. It becomes a blessing later, but in that moment, it was not a blessing. All the reality that felt like a dream, if you've ever been in shock before, none of it seems real. And I stared at those tanks, and I realized I should not be here. They got our boat out and we went over to another place where they lifted it with a crane, put it back on our trailer. Then I like to end with a funny story. The same DNR officer met me there and he's doing everything he can to cheer me up. I must have looked awful, I'm sure I did. And he said, hey, I got a question for you, buddy. Are you over your limit on walleye in that boat? And I said, now that's the DNR I'm used to right there. I think the DNR has a rule. They can only be nice for like three minutes and then that's it. And I said, my live well has no lock on it. My boat was upside down, so I guess you'll never know. He hugged me crying. And he backed off and looked at me in the eye and he goes, I just want you to know, today I wouldn't have cared. I just cannot believe the three of you are alive. We went home. We had lived, but mentally I was messed up. Just started a brand new church. I've been a pastor 28 years just started this brand new church in 2017, could not even go preach for two weeks because 
Satan had got a hold of me. I woke up every night at one o'clock, and this is, I don't know how your body does this. I woke up every night at one o'clock, and every dream was the same. I was burying Josh. If you know what night terrors are, I was having them. I would wake up screaming, and my wife would have to calm me down, and finally I went and saw a psychiatrist and a psychologist, but I want to tell you how I got healed. Again, God rescued me. You're going to think I'm the craziest neighbor ever, and that's probably true. That's beside the point. I woke up at 1 o'clock on a Saturday night, and it was storming fiercely outside. You all know what horizontal rain is. We had a big picture window in the house we owned, used to live in downtown Middlebury, and the rain was hitting that, and I woke up with this night tear, and I just walked out, and Kim did not wake up that night. And I walked out into our living room, and I said, God Almighty, you saved me, but I'm not right. I can't preach. All I think about is dying. You've got to save me. And here's what the Lord told me to do. Walk back out to the boat, to the motor you were holding on, and pray to me. Oh, it is lightning. It is sideways raining. And then the part that the neighbors, I am glad. hope they were sleeping. If they weren't, they've never said anything. I'm just being blunt with you. I was just wearing my underwear. Let's move on from that quickly. <laughs> I wa- hey, y'all get back up here for a minute. Thank you. I walked out in that storm. My wife sound asleep. I went right back to my boat. I went right back to that motor. I put my arms around it, and I just wept. And I said, God, here's what I believe. I believe the enemy is attacking your pastor because he started an awesome church. And there's a lot of people already coming to the Lord through the ministry of our church. And I think the devil's got a foothold on me. And if that's the case, God, I'm just begging you. You healed me from the lake. Heal me emotionally that I can be the preacher I need to be. And I want to tell you all something tonight. In the power of the name of Jesus, in an instant, I never had a night terror again. They were gone. When God heals us, he's going to heal all of us. My question for you, what is it that you haven't asked for? When God began to deal with me about sharing this story, I said, Lord, I don't, I don't think I can talk about this story. God said, I'll give you the strength if you'll just go whenever you're asked to go. Now I've talked to literally thousands of people. I've been in schools. I've been in churches. Darlene back here, our church secretary, I was at your huge family reunion. I've been to the trucker's blessing. This story has led me 
all over the place and now even to a TV show. You know why? Because it's not about Josh. It's not about me. It's not about my friend. This story is one thing to take away. God wants to do something in your life. You just haven't asked him. Hey, preacher, you going to pray or not? Because it's easy for you and I to put our faith in these. Hey, I can call and get help. Not really. The waves are only getting bigger. I can do this and I can do that and, and I'll manipulate a way to fix this. My prayer for you tonight is probably not what you would expect a pastor to pray. I pray tonight that in some way right now in your pew, God will take you to your Lake Erie so that the only way you realize you can be saved is through the power of the name of his son. I mean all of us right now. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you gave us a promise about sharing this testimony. That's between you and I, Lord. And you've never failed us yet, and you won't. But now tonight, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to work right here with me and this congregation. In Jesus' name, amen.